Welcome to Win The Day. I'm your host, James Whitaker, author and producer of Think and Grow Rich The Legacy. And in this show, I share the tools and strategies used by the world's best performers to help you transform your own life. Are you fired up? I am. Let's get into today's episode. Welcome to episode two of Win The Day. I'm so excited to have you here. And before we start the episode, I just wanted to quickly let you know that however you're listening to this podcast right now, it's actually available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Anchor, pretty much everywhere that you can find a podcast, you'll be able to find Win The Day. So just type in Win The Day with James Whitaker and hit subscribe and you will be able to access episodes as soon as they are released. But from now on, I will also be recording these videos. So they will be uploaded to YouTube. So if you're not really a fan of listening to them, you now also have the option of being able to watch it from now on too. So win the day with James Whitaker. Just search for that, hit subscribe, and you will have immediate access as soon as episodes are released. So without further ado, let's get into episode two. And today's episode is such an important topic, and it's something that I'm really excited and import, uh, to talk about. It's magic bullets. And what I want to do is share a bit of a juxtaposition of social media and lottery jackpots to show what we can do about magic bullets to basically avoid that and start taking meaningful action in our own lives. And magic bullets these days have quickly become synonymous with online marketing. It seems like every day I get bombarded, and I'm sure you probably are too, with messages and emails and ads from these snake oil salespeople promising you immediate results pretty much overnight, whether it's weight loss or becoming a millionaire or whatever it might be. And all these douchebags are doing is trying to sell you something that I promise you is not going to work because everything that we know about success is that it's a simple and consistent action that wins over time. And as we'll go through in this episode, the right plan is far better than the right promise. And the quote for this episode comes from Napoleon Hill, who of course is the author of Think and Grow Rich. And he wrote that quick riches are more dangerous than poverty. So we'll talk about that in more detail in this episode too. And this social media world that we live in, uh, although we are so connected, we're also far more emotional. These platforms like social media give us a snapshot into each person's day and it's quickly become a part of our daily routine. And in this life that we live nowadays, most people spend all their time wishing for things they haven't earned, while only a small percentage of people, it's estimated that around 10%, are actually going after what it is they want in their life. And when we're unhappy in our current state, we're more likely to harbor negative feelings towards those who've made it or are enjoying the things that we wish we had. And it's important to think about why these social media platforms emerged in the first place. So Facebook and Instagram, it basically launched as a way for people to, to share snapshots of their day. But make no mistake, all of these big social media companies are experts in psychology and having you addicted to that sensation of logging on and scrolling through these news feeds. And as a result, a significant portion of our daily routine 
now involves a frequent glance at what someone else is doing. And each one of these snapshots we observe is accompanied by a like, a share, or a comment button, which has become a clear metric of celebrity and influencer clout, because we've seen the way that these algorithms have started to change. They really support engaging posts now, rather than the date of when they were actually posted. And when we think about celebrity and influencer accounts, of course, consciously, we know the truth about what's going on behind the images that they're posted. We know that their images are usually taken by a leading photographer who accompanies that person around with them. They're always wielding a professional SLR camera. And the photographer then selects the best image from maybe 100 images that they've taken in probably 10 different locations. And then they edit out any wrinkles and any other perceived imperfections before finally finishing it off with a filter. And then voila, gram-worthy. But being aware that this is happening often doesn't stop us from the inner turmoil that accompanies such a comparison. And think about the times of when you actually use social media. Most people only use social media when they're vulnerable. Perhaps you're at home feeling bored or lonely. Maybe it's when you're commuting to or from work, or maybe you just want a distraction from a mundane day. And rarely would we open one of these platforms when we're completely present in the moment or on a fun date or having a great time with our family. And as a result, in our most vulnerable moments, we not only crave what other people have, we rank our social and personal worth on it too. And this is known as social comparison theory, which analyzes the part of human nature that causes us to continually compare ourselves to others. And social comparison theory says that if we do not have a great system in place for self-assessment, so thinking about our own situation and our own progress, then we're going to find that externally by comparing ourselves to others and what they're doing. And there are essentially two types of comparisons that people make. The first is upward comparisons where we compare ourselves to people who we believe are doing better than us. And there's downward comparisons where we compare ourselves to people who we believe are doing worse than us. And of course, there's strengths and weaknesses of each of these things, but you can see how jealousy and resentment and all these start to come in the moment we compare ourselves to someone's perfect snapshot of an imperfect day on social media. And if there's one thing that I've figured out from interviewing all these extraordinary and successful people is that no one has it figured out. And sometimes and you can see it with celebrities and people like Johnny Depp, who he's got all the money in the world, but he's had a, a whole host of personal problems. And if celebrities had it all figured out, the divorce rate would be much lower than it is right now. And in the social media world, this upward comparison where we're talking about people who we believe are doing better than us, it's often done based on material objects, achievements, or some other type of destination. And that leads us to believe that happiness is not the journey, but the destination. And that's the destination that we believe others are at, which continues to elude us. And what we know about success, it's not only being present, it's teaching ourselves to be happy in the present. That's how we completely unwind stress. And that is what true success is. You're actually living in the moment. And just think about the gift that then becomes for the people that you have relationships with. 
as well. If you're worrying about the destination, as soon as I attain that, then I'll be happy. The grass is always greener. That's when you're going to run into problems. And a lot of people who fall victim to that upward comparison mindset are telling themselves that maybe if I had that person's body or that person's bank balance or their exotic car, I would be happy. But we know that's not the case. Although it's very difficult, it's genetically hardwired as part of our human nature and part of our DNA to make that comparison. So that's where I like to use things like the five-minute journal and having a mastermind group and a whole heap of different resources like that that you can use to have uh, proper self-assessment so you're not looking as prolifically externally uh, to seek those feelings and comparisons. And on this pursuit of instant celebrity, one of the easiest ways that people buy into doing that or fall victim to it is wanting to participate in lottery jackpots. And I feel like it's even increased even more with the digital landscape as news of these uh, jackpot lotteries. It's a phenomenon that's spread around the world. And a few years ago, I was living in America at the time in January 2019, the hysteria that surrounded the $1.6 billion lottery jackpot. And that I believe is still the highest uh, lottery jackpot that's ever been offered. And looked like every person and their dog was off buying these lottery tickets for the one in 300 million chance of winning this jackpot, which to them, when they see these commercials and, and watch other people on social media, is their golden ticket to instant celebrity and what they feel is self-worth. But to put those odds into perspective, one in 300 million, you're actually four times more likely to die from an asteroid strike than you are of winning the lottery jackpot. Four times more likely to die from an asteroid strike. Yet it still doesn't stop people from participating. Just last year, Americans spent $73.5 billion purchasing lottery tickets, which averages about $223 a person. And in 2014, CNN actually revealed that the US population spends more than five times the amount of money that it does buying lottery tickets than it does on books. So five times more money spent on lottery tickets than they do on books. And as we know, one book has complete power to transform our life. But how many lottery tickets does it take before you finally start to see a return on investment? And obviously in the commercials, Powerball and these other lottery jackpots, they leave out a few important details, such as, first of all, if the winner opts for the lump sum payment, they will actually receive 38% less of the prize. So they can choose to have either a lump sum payout or the annuity. And if they choose the lump sum, 38% less. Second, the IRS, so the tax agency over here in America, they take 24% of all gambling winnings. Third, the winner of the lottery jackpot will be taxed, of course, at the highest income rate, which over here, again, is 37%, not to mention any applicable state taxes. So already, this $1.6 million prize has been absolutely decimated, and you can see how these odds start to uh, reduce. Uh, fourth, the prize will be split between all the winning tickets. And finally, and probably most importantly, Lottery winners do not actually report any significant upswing in happiness or mental health. And I use these uh, examples in America for consistency, but please, you know that uh, lottery implications and, and 
Uh, lottery payouts and tax implications are going to vary around the world. So if you plan on winning the lottery or getting hit by an asteroid, make sure you look up the implications in your own region. There's an economist and research scientist, Jay Zagorski, who found that rather than discovering a cure for their financial woes, lottery winners ended up in more financial distress, with bankruptcy rates soaring within three to five years of people claiming their prize. But it's not just lottery jackpots that brings financial hardship. It's actually a large financial gift of any kind. And the biggest one that springs to mind in these cases is, of course, a inheritance when someone in a family or a friend passes away. But these large financial gifts uh, of any kind, they disappear quickly through spending on poor investments. So easy come easy go. What is well-earned? It reminds me of when I interviewed Barbara Corcoran from Shark Tank, and she was talking about all the money that she earned through the hard work that she did. She said, that's a dollar well spent, and you have to think of its highest and best use. Money earned through your own sweat is money you don't lose so quickly. And the law of sowing and reaping, for those who aren't familiar with it, it says that you cannot reap before you have sown. And importantly, you also reap much more than you have sown. Think about if you are planting a single cup of corn. You don't just get back one cup of corn when it's time to harvest. You actually get back bags and bags of corn. And unfortunately, most people forget that the law of sowing and reaping actually works in both the positive and the negative. For example, if you plant toxic seeds in your own life, down the line you're going to be confronted with a whole heap of misfortune, which typically manifests in poverty, illness, and misery. So the more good seeds you sow, the more good seeds you can harvest. But you also need to be vigilant in protecting and nurturing those seeds. And as we, as we know, if you uh, listen to the last podcast or read the last newsletter, 10 Tips to Handle the Haters, you will know that there are many things that are going to try and impede your road to success. And people uh, in Australia listening right now would be very familiar with tall poppy syndrome, uh, which basically says people are happy to see you doing well on the condition that you're not doing much better than they are because they are much comfortable having you down on their level so they can feel better about themselves. Otherwise, they feel like a failure. But ask yourself, what seeds am I planting if I give in to these external forces? So you need to be vigilant about protecting that which you plant. And in speeches and podcasts, for those who have uh, been following me for a long time, you might have heard me talk about this before. An example I like to use is running a marathon. So if you were hit by a moment of inspiration uh, on the couch and you'd been a couch potato for a few years and you decided to lace up whatever shoes you had on and go and do a marathon, well, what do you think is going to happen? You're probably not going to get very far. You certainly wouldn't run a marathon. And in fact, you're probably going to have some serious medical complications as a result. But if you compare that to someone who tracks down a coach who's been there and trained marathon runners before, and the coach prepares a comprehensive, personalized training program for you, and you focused on slowly but steadily achieving that goal, you slowly built up your distance, you invested in a quality pair of running shoes, you dialed in your nutrition and did meal prep to make sure you always had healthy fuel, and then you committed to putting in the work consistently. After one year, I bet almost any person on the planet would be able to run a marathon if they followed the right plan. 
And let's think about someone for a moment who had dropped out of high school or university because they thought the work was too hard. That person then tried to find a job to bring in some money, but they didn't spend any time focusing on developing their skills. A big part of what I often talk about is increasingly becoming a person of value. So let's pretend this person was just focused on the paycheck rather than skills. All they're going to do is attract a weak harvest. And as a result of never gaining any worthwhile skills, they spend their whole lives in lowly paid jobs and eventually become reliant on the welfare system. So that person has actually cheated themselves out of millions of dollars that they could have earned if they made the effort to increasingly become a person of value, if they read the right books, if they took educational courses, if they surrounded themselves with people who could encourage them to think better, if they got out of their comfort zone, if they embraced the struggle. So make sure you sow good seeds every day because you never know when an incredible harvest might arrive. And whether it's instant weight loss secrets or people uh, promising that you will become a forex millionaire overnight or any other snake oil, there is no magic bullet and run like the wind from anyone who's trying to sell it to you. Basketball superstar Michael Jordan once said, some people want it to happen, some people wish it would happen while others make it happen. Love that quote. And you need to plant the right seeds in your own life. Be vigilant in protecting them and enjoy the compounding rewards in the future. Do not leave your fate to a one in 300 million chance. So that's it. Episode two of Win the Day. And before we go, I also wanted to quickly mention that the Think and Grow Rich tour is kicking off in May. So we're going to be coming to a city near you very soon. But the whole tour starts on the 3rd and the 4th of May right here in Los Angeles, California. So if you want to go and grab your tickets or learn more about the event, just go to tgrworldtour.com. And there's a few different uh, ticket categories. But if you enter the promo code WINTHEDAY, no spaces, just win the day, you will be able to get $200 off any ticket that you choose for as many tickets as you choose. That's a nice little incentive for people to go and save themselves some money while they participate in this life-changing event that I and uh, many other people who I know are great speakers will be participating in. So tgrworldtour.com, go and check it out. So thanks for tuning in. Until next time, onwards and upwards, always. 